Hi, everyone, and welcome. I'm so excited. I have the amazing, fabulous Tara Lush with us. Hi. Fine, Tara. I am still getting used to it because my real name is Tamara. So Tara is just two letters taken out of my first name. I mean, it fits perfectly because he had, when I was making the promo for it, it had four letters on top and four letters underneath. I was like, oh, this symmetrically just looks so beautiful. <laughs> so um, let's talk about, we're here to talk about your new book, um, A Bean to Die For. So let's just talk about like, what's the book about? And let's talk about the series because this is book number four, right? Yes, it's book number four in the Coffee Lovers series. And the whole series is about a laid off journalist who goes home to her small Florida island and becomes a barista. She uh, takes over, she's sort of the co-owner, co-manager of her family's cafe, which is called Purgatory. And it's on a small sort of quirky Florida island. And in book four, um, she decides she wants to try to grow wild coffee and or actual coffee in Florida. And wild coffee does grow in Florida. I have a plant in my backyard. And but you can't drink it. And uh, so she decides she wants to try to cultivate like artisanal coffee. And she ends up finding a dead body in the community garden. And so she sleuths it out because the, one of the main suspects, sort of the person who runs the garden, is one of the is the main suspect and asks Lana, the heroine, if she would help her out and do use put her investigating skills to good work. Okay, good. So is this book able to be read without reading the first three in the series? Yes, all of the books can art can be read as standalones. Okay, great. And so how many books do you have planned for this series? That is up to my publisher. Uh, oh. I would love to continue writing this series, uh, but my publisher, uh, that's up to them. So pretty soon, probably in a month or two, my agent and I will pitch uh, the series, uh, uh, the next in series. For okay. All right. Well, if so, what I really like about this series, too, is um, it's set in Florida. We were mm -hmm. talking about that. What makes Florida, like why Florida and what makes it kind of cool for mysteries? So I live in Florida. I used to be a journalist like Lana in Florida. I was not laid off. I left so I could be a full-time fiction writer, uh, which is what I do now. But um, Florida is wacky. It's really hard to not find something interesting or an interesting detail or crime-wise. There's obviously a lot of crime. I used to cover crime in Florida for many years. I've covered a lot of really wacky, strange crime. I've also covered things like alligators and other weird, you know, the things you read or see on the news, I've covered those. Um, you know, alligators under people's cars, alligators in golf courses, uh, you know, weird eyeballs washing ashore. That was in book one of this series. Um, just all of the Florida weirdness, it really makes for great detail for a cozy mystery because everybody's just wacky and just letting their freak flag fly. Okay, cool. And so is Devil's Beach, which this isn't like the setting, is that modeled after a beach that you like or a beach you frequently go to? Um, it is sort of, yeah. It's kind of a, a combination of Sanibel Island, uh, which is in the Gulf of Mexico. That's a couple of hours south of where I live. Um, okay. And similar to 
there's a place called Gulfport. It's a small town uh, right on the Gulf of Mexico. I live on the Gulf of Mexico um, and Treasure Island. There's a lot of little barrier islands that are just sort of tiny and they're kind of a mix of touristy and kind of old Florida where you see like people in beach bars and tiki huts and it's they're usually pretty small close-knit communities. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point because I always, I'm like, well, one, I'm like your typical American. I'm terrible with geography. I was thinking when I read this, the first book and it said island, I was like, oh, it's down in the Miami Keys because those are the only islands in Florida, but that's not true. <laughs> no, there are other islands. I mean, there are actually barrier islands, but there are other, you know, sort of freestanding islands too. There's a whole sort of ring of barrier islands around the peninsula. Um, but this is an actual island, like on Sanibel in real life, you have a, a long bridge to the mm -hmm. island, you know, but yeah, there are islands in the Keys too. It could be in the Keys, no. but it's not necessarily in the Keys. Okay. And so it's hot in Florida, right? <laughs> not right now. Right now we have a tornado warning and it's kind of cold, but oh. yes, normally it's hot. Yeah. So just you as a Florida native author living there, or not native author, but living currently in Florida, how do you deal with the heat? <laughs> I, I just sweat a lot. I just, I, I swear, I have like this little, I have like a little, when I write, I have like a little neck fan. It's so embarrassing, oh. but I just sort of like, it, it like cools my neck down and cools me down and I take cold showers and I go to the movies. <laughs> it's just hot. Like you just have to accept like that you're just gonna sweat. It's not like California where it's like, oh, it's a dry heat and you just, yeah. Yeah, dry heat freaks me out. Like I feel like a raisin. Really? But you're from here. Are you oh, yeah, here? I haven't lived there in a long time. Whenever I go visit my dad, he lives near Sacramento. It's just scorchingly hot. And I just feel like my skin is just like all of the moisture just leaching out of me. Huh. Yeah, no, like I feel better, more moisturized. I feel like Florida is like a natural moisturizer. Oh, I guess that could be one thing. So are you, so I have a, let's talk about you and also your Lana, the main character. Are you guys sun seekers? Are you like slapping on the copper tone and laying no. out on the beach? No, no, actually, I actually have vitiligo, which means, I don't know if you can see it, but I have no, um, I'm pretty pale. I, I, I have a autoimmune disease that causes my skin to lose its pigment. Oh, so I, I thought you just had like that perfect snow white skin. Oh, <laughs> That's like, what I see. It's not part of my body. Like I have no, like I don't get out in the sun, but I have parts of my body that have no pigment. Um, wow. And that's a, like, that has happened since, maybe since 2016. Um, it's a caused by stress and other unknown things. And I just have no pigment. So I don't, huh. I don't get in the sun. I wear sunscreen and hats and I'm very pale. I love the beach and we walk on the beach, but I don't like sit out in the sun, no. Oh, okay. All right. So you're at the beach a lot, but you're not suntanning with like uh, tinfoil underneath you. No. <laughs> that was for, that's I'm from the 80s. <laughs> like I'm 50, so. Oh, no, I am too, but like I remember like, you know, the bend de soleil and the, and everybody yeah. could do it, but I, because I, I was actually born with vitiligo. It just stayed very dormant. Oh. And, so I never got in the sun that much, unfortunately. Okay. So it's like, that's just how it's always been. It's not like a new condition. <laughs> Okay. Just All right. Sort of, it's, you know, it happens. All right. So beachgoer, are you there once a day, once a week, or? I would say we go to the Gulf of Mexico about once a week to walk. We like to walk mm -hmm. at sunset. Sunsets are gorgeous here, like similar to California because it's the West Coast. 
Um, so I like to go to walk, but we live closer also to Tampa Bay. So we walk our dog on Tampa Bay a lot, like multiple times a week. There's a nice park downtown. So we do that. So there's a restaurant, I know it's totally Oscar. There's a restaurant in Tampa that uh, my friend loves. So every time we're in Orlando, we drive all the way to Tampa to go to this steak place that has, I guess, a ton of wine and they have like a wine thing underneath. Have you been there? Burns, yes, actually. Yes, that's it. Yeah, actually, the, I, the first time I went there, I was doing White House pool duty. I was working for a newspaper locally. And I remember George Bush was president and he wanted to eat there. So we all trooped in and sat there. All the press was like contained in a little room in Burns and they gave us a really good dessert. Yeah. I've yeah been there it's more. like famous, right? Like very famous. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I haven't been there in years. I'm vegan. So I wouldn't go, but they really good desserts. And actually, I think the owner or the former owner was actually vegetarian, strangely. What? Yeah, yeah, if I, mean, I remember correctly. There is so much meat on this menu. It has right. literally like every cut of steak, cuts of steak that I've never even heard of. Right. And, and there's a million dollars. Yeah, and they're so expensive. So I'm like, well, maybe I should order this because I've never seen it. And clearly if it's a hundred and some dollars, it must be good, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a very famous place and, and people love it. Yeah, and it's beautiful though. The tour underneath, and you have like wine above you, to the right of you, to the left. You're like surrounded by the Absolutely. most wine like I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's it's known for. It's, I mean, that's the other thing it's known for is its wine selection. Yeah. So, um, so well, let's talk about Purgatory. Yeah. Is Purgatory uh, an actual modeled after an actual cafe in your area or somewhere you like to go? No, not really. I mean, there's cafes I love to go to. Um, but no, it's it's not. It's kind of just in my mind. It's kind of just the ideal, like imagine the ideal cafe in my mind and that was it. Okay. So let's just, so your ideal cafe, if you were going to open a cafe, would it be mm -hmm. just like Purgatory? It would. It would be a block from the beach mm -hmm. and it would have outdoor seating and it would be really chill inside with some plants and just really comfortable and just very calm with good tunes and, you know, good coffee. Okay. Well, let's talk about coffee drinks. What's your favorite coffee drink? I actually had my favorite coffee drink today already. Um, and there's a cafe here called Bandit, which I love. Mm -hmm. They make a maple bourbon latte. Mm. And it's not with bourbon, but it's bourbon flavored, um, not with alcohol. And so they do a maple bourbon latte with oat milk and it is delicious. So that oh. is my current favorite coffee. Well, that sounds very unique. It sounds like we will all have to travel to yeah. where you live to get that. I've never seen that. That sounds amazing. Yeah, really good. There's a really good cafe scene here in St. Petersburg. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started writing the series, I actually, to do research, that there was somebody here at the time who did a craft cafe tour. And so they would go and take groups of people to different cafes and talk about different beans and roasts and blends and methods of brewing and then he also was a wholesaler for a coffee you know like a coffee company coffee mm -hmm. roaster and so we would go back to his lab and there would be a coffee cupping like a formal coffee cupping to like almost like a wine tasting for coffee uh -huh. so he became like my go-to coffee source some of the earlier books have more detailed uh coffee concoctions. And so he and I talked about those and kind of concocted those together. He's since moved, but there's a lot of really good locally owned cafes in St. Petersburg. 
Now, are you, because when I read the series, I was like, Tara must be like mainstreaming coffee in 24-7. Is that like your go-to or how often are you drinking coffee? So I have actually lately, I have been drinking tea. Oh, wow. So do so, we see a tea series in your future? Maybe. I, well, I have I have an indie series, um, a paranormal series, and I have a tea witch in that series. So Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so we, you're vegan. So you're definitely, are you doing hot or cold even when you get lattes? I generally do cold coffee. Like even, oh. I mean, it never really gets super cold here unless it's like a week. Sometimes at the end of summer or, you know, I mean, by the end of summer, I mean like October, you know, mm-hmm. um, I get a little like coffee seems too heavy for me. And that's when I switch to tea for a few months. Oh. It just seems to like, I've had a lot of it this year and I just, so I, I switched to tea because it seems lighter. Okay. And you're adding oat milk. That's your favorite. Milk. Yeah. Or I just have oat tea, just like regular, okay. but in my coffee, I add, um, I really like the Oatly barista edition. That is mostly the creamiest and sort mm-hmm. of the nicest tasting. And sometimes I'll add, um, like vanilla syrup mm-hmm. or the other thing is, my best friend in Vermont just sent me all this maple syrup, but she sent me not only like maple syrup, but she sent me maple butter. It's like whipped maple syrup. It's not butter. It's not dairy. It's just Mm -hmm. whipped maple in like more of like a, it's like a, not a syrup, but it's more just, it's like butter consistency. And so that in coffee and tea is delicious. I've never heard of that maple butter. Can you only get it in Vermont? I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, that's where it's made, but I I haven't seen it here, but it's really popular in Vermont. We know a lot of people who tap their own trees. Um, I used to live in Vermont, so we know a lot of people who are maple syrup farmers. Yeah, that's like the freshest farm to table Mm -hmm. maple syrup you can get. (laughs) Just rock out. Unlike regular sugar, there's actually like minerals in maple syrup. Mm -hmm. It's actually... I mean, it's not great for you, but it's not horrible either. And there's like actual benefits to it. So I love maple syrup. Yeah, me too. I have maple syrup and honey because the same thing. I'm like, I need a little bit of sweetness. And then I feel better because I'm like, oh, it has some like natural antioxidants and vitamins in it. Exactly. (laughs) So now are you, so to enjoy your coffee or your tea, do you need to be at the coffee shop to relax there? Or do you just kind of get it to go and it doesn't matter where you're at? You know, before the pandemic, I used to be in coffee shops all the time. I've kind of gotten out of that a little bit. And plus, as a reporter, I would have to file my stories, you know, when I was traveling. So I got very acquainted with many coffee shops. And I've been in many, many Starbucks because they have wonderful Wi-Fi. Um, Generally, I'm taking it to go or I'm making it here now because I'm writing from home, obviously. Now, when you're doing it from home, are you, because in the first book, Lana was doing a latte art competition. Are you a latte artist yourself? I am not. No, okay. I am not. I was, but I'm not. We don't have like the the stuff. Like we're very, we're pretty basic here um, at mm-hmm. home. My husband, he is from Italy and he drinks the Italian, like the Italian espresso with the mm-hmm. mocha pot, like the silver mocha pot. Um and he also does French press. I don't do either of that. I actually drink, I have cold coffee 
um, I use something called Jot. It's like concentrated cold coffee that you can mix in with other things. It's really nice. It's a it's a nice, smooth cold coffee. Nice. And so are you, so does it matter when you get a latte? Are you like disappointed if it doesn't have pretty latte art or you don't care? <laughs> I don't, usually I'm getting cold. So like today I got hot because it's a little warm and it's like stormy. So it felt the right thing to get, but mm-hmm. I, I prefer cold coffee. So I don't usually, I don't, I don't usually bother. Okay. Well, let's just pause for a minute. They think there was a comment on here. So Karen, um, I'm new to Cozy Mysteries, but I read all the Agatha Christie books as a child, plus Sherlock Holmes. That's the closest I've come to Cozy's. That's fine. They're still mysteries. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Jana, I've never read your series, Tara, but it sounds like fun. And it's cool that you have your crime reporting background to help you write your Cozy's. Yes. That's we didn't talk about that. Do you feel like you were like more in the know on motivation and alibis and things like that? I, I kind of do. Like I have covered, you know, this isn't like a very cozy topic, but it helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've covered like crime from every aspect, like from the beginning of the arrest to the trial to I've even witnessed executions. Like I've witnessed 13 people be executed on Florida's wow. death row. So um, I've had a murderer confess to me. Like he confessed to me when he was behind bars, like I walked in and he was like, yeah, I killed this guy. What do you want to know? Um, so I've had a lot, like I've, I've interviewed murderers. I've had murderers write me from prison. Like I've, I've done a lot of like pretty gritty crime actually. So yeah, I don't, I totally think it helps. And I, I really think it helps like this particular series because every, every book unfolds obviously from the point of view of Lana, the heroine, right? Um, but it unfolds like a crime would for a journalist because obviously if it, the crime is unfolding for a police officer, that's very different. Um, yes. But for a journalist, it's like there's certain things that happen once a crime is announced, you know, like there's the press conference and there's the press release and there's talking to the neighbors. And so there are different things. So mostly it, I wanted my first cozy series to be something that I knew and could easily make realistic, I guess. Yeah, clearly. That's like most people get like me. I just kind of Wikipedia it. I don't want to actually talk to any criminals. So (laughs) that's like some hardcore research. (laughs) Yeah, I never, but I didn't set out like that was just my job at the time. I never, you know, when I first started writing, I started writing romance and, um, but my best friend was like, you should really be writing crime fiction. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do anything gritty. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just sort of unfolded that I ended up writing Cozy Mystery. So, and I'm a lot better at writing murder than I am about love. So (laughs) I'm sure you're great at both. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, what else care? It would be fun to go undercover as a writing reporter visiting coffee shops. Yes, that would be yes. a fun undercover job. That would be a fun undercover job. <laughs> oh my God, scary stuff, Tara. Oh, the thing. Yeah, I'm sure we're all, Karen and I are both thinking, I hope you got those letters to a P.O. box and not <laughs> your house. Oh, no, they were to the newsroom. They weren't to oh, okay. my house. They were years ago to my newsroom. In fact, one was from, uh, okay, so did you ever see The Departed, the movie The Departed? Yes. In Boston. Mm-hmm. So that was based on a true story. And the guy who was the corrupt FBI agent, he wrote to me, like the real life corrupt FBI agent. Once he once wow. he went to prison, he wrote to me. Did you write him back? 
<laughs> no, I didn't because there was nothing more to say to him. I maybe I should have. Right. I don't know. Scary. Uh, Karen, I'm new to your book series, Tara. Do you have a cozy cat or dog in your mysteries? Well, that is a great question, and I do. Every all of my books have cats and dogs, but th this particular series has a dog, and he's a Shih Tzu named Stanley. And in this particular book, uh, Lana takes him for his first haircut. Mm. They kind of botch it, and he looks a little bit like a poodle. <laughs> yeah, so there's a picture. There's a cute little illustration of him on the cover. He does yeah, look a little poodle-ish. <laughs> yeah, he does look, uh, yes. In the earlier books, he does not look poodle-ish. And in, the, see, in book one, he is the first victim's dog. He's the first victim's puppy, and, La and Lana, the sleuth, adopts him. Um, so yeah, Stanley, everyone loves Stanley. I have a Shih Tzu. I personally think Shih Tzus are awesome animals. They're just put on this earth to love and hang out. So I put my Shih Tzu in my books and a Shih Tzu named Stanley just made me laugh. I don't know. Well, they're so little and easy to carry around and take with you everywhere, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, my Shih Tzu is not that little. She's 18 pounds. So she's oh. not like a horse. She's a workout if you want to carry yes. her around. She's kind of muscular. She's like a small yeah. tank. Yeah. Uh, Tasha, St. Pete is my fave. I used to run a coffee, run on Coffee Street all the time. Oh, nice. Yes. Yes. Coffee is that Pot Bayou. Street? Uh, well, they're very close to my house. There's something called Coffee Pot Bayou. Um, mm -hmm. It's like a part of the intracoastal. It's where people kayak and go to the bay. Um, and that's where the manatees go in the winter. Like the manatees oh. get come to that, up that sort of little bayou to get warm. And so you can see huh. manatees at Coffee Pot Bayou. Cool. Thank you. Tasha, you have so many stories to tell. So cool. Yes, she does. And she has so many. Do you want to share with everyone your romance author name if they want to look those up too? Oh, sure. Yeah. My romance author name is my real name, Tamara Lush. And um, I, I actually, like, this has been a really crazy past month. I've had three book launches in the last, like, every week I've had a book launch. So go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't intend it this way, but this is how it shook out. Um, I have an, I had an indie cozy, I have an indie cozy series. So I have two cozy series, I have the coffee series. I have a paranormal cozy series um, with a cat, by the way. Um, and his, the cat's name is Freddie Percury. Uh, that is more of a paranormal witchy kind of series. Okay. And that, the second book in that came out on the 29th. And then okay. one of my one of my romances, probably my last romance, I'm not sure, came out last week. And then today, yeah, I have a three book series with Wattpad books. Um, it's a sort of a new adult. It's pretty steamy. Um, it's set in the world of Formula One, actually. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So wait, so the um, the uh, witch, the tea witch, is that a paranormal women's fiction? Is she 40? It is. She's actually 47. She's not a tea witch. Her friend is a tea witch, but she has another psychic power. Um, so that one is called the Crescent Moon series. And the first one is Eat, Pray, Hex. That's in Kindle Unlimited. Um, because I, you know, I, I love being traditionally published. Um, but the reality, and this is just the reality, is that those books are expensive. Like, that's just a fact. Those are yeah. expensive books. And I wanted to write something for my readers that was not as expensive, um, to kind of to get them through in between sales and in between releases. And the other thing is when you're when you're traditionally published, um, generally, you know, it's like one book a year. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't had 
a coffee series released since 2022. So, um, you know, I wanted to give readers a little bit more than that. So I thought an indie series would be good. And my agent and I thought that the paranormal series would be cool. So I'm loving both actually. And then I have, I just, we just sold a third series that will be coming out later this year. So. Wow. Very cool. Can you talk about it or is it too soon? I know I can talk about it and I would love to. Um, yeah. This series is kind of a, it's kind of a mashup of everything I've ever done. It's kind of a rom-com mystery series. Uh, and it's really, it's about a gator trapper. <laughs> oh my God, gator that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's called Gator Queen. It's set in Florida and it's really pretty bonkers. It's a little... There's no like open door sex, but there's it's a little bodier and like a, a little spicier. I don't want to say spicy because there's no open door sex, but mm -hmm. it's a little more. It's like a cozy plus. Um, but yeah, it's about a gator trapper and it's coming out in March and uh, Eighth Note Press acquired it mm -hmm. and they are owned by TikTok. So oh, wow. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, you're very pretty good. That's TikTok. And then you're also publishing with Wattpad, which I didn't even know Wattpad had a press. Yeah, Wattpad has a press. They have a YA press and they have a, a kind of a new adult imprint, um, mm -hmm. W by Wattpad. And so, yeah, all, all of my romances currently are on Wattpad, other than the three that are published with Wattpad books. So all of my romances I took off of KU um, and they're on Wattpad. Some of them are free. Some of them are in the paid. There's a paid program. I will be getting the rights back to those in republishing starting this summer, I guess. Um, I have kind of a lot of those. So I'm going to be reworking those and thinking about those. Okay. It's a lot. And those are all romances that are on the Wattpad, right? Okay. And then, so if people want to read them, they have to be quick because you're taking them off soon, right? <laughs> yeah. Or they can wait until they're in KU. But yes, there. I mean, there will still be some on Wattpad after May. Um, I'm going to keep a few there. And then the ones that they've published obviously stay there too. So, okay. yeah. All right. So let's go back to, let's go back to a bean to die for. So your amateur sleuth, because I love Cozy Trove, she's dating a cop. Now, is this cop supportive, unsupportive? Like, how is that working out for her? He's very supportive. Noah Garcia is the most supportive boyfriend ever. He's like the perfect boyfriend. So, and in fact, I like to joke that like, he's the total opposite of every hero I wrote in romance. He's like, very, he doesn't have like a tortured past and he's not. No, no, he's like, no, he talks it out and he's, you know, he's over 40 and he's just, he's just a really good human and he's very supportive. He doesn't really like Lana snooping around. Mm -hmm. Um, Finally, in book four, he's like, okay, if you're going to snoop around, don't put yourself in danger. And they kind of work together a little bit. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Are there yeah. wedding bells in future books, maybe? <laughs> there are, actually. Yes. Oh. Well, let's Absolutely. hope it gets renewed for another book. <laughs> uh, are there any other cozy tropes you yes. wanted to put in here that maybe I missed? Um. Yeah, the cop is one of them and the fish out of water coming home um, and sort of dealing with your past and okay. sort of dealing with your demons of the past. Like that's another one, I think. Yeah. Very cool. All right. And so one thing I really like about your series, too, is it's a millennial cozy. So it's a little more cutting edge. And I feel like sometimes with the cozies and I love cozies, but sometimes they're just a little too apple pie perfect. So I like that there's some drugs and there's like more real life mixed in to this cozy, right? 
Yeah, I have a very, you know, I love cozies too. And I, I, and I love to read those kinds of cozies, but I can't, it's hard for me to write them. Like I realized a few things about myself as a writer and that I can't write super sweet and I can't write like super dark either. I've tried both. Um, I've tried some dark romance and every time I try, even though my heroes are not super sweet in my romance, every time I try to write like a dark alpha guy, you know, he just ends up like taking her to go see Hamilton. You know, like, just, <laughs> like I wrote this mafia romance and like that he ended up having a dog named Reese's McPup Cup. Like mm-hmm. I can't, like I can't take anything that serious. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a good way to tone it down. <laughs> yeah, but I like, I like putting in real life things. And honestly, this series, so the dad in this series is kind of the, one of the main sidekicks, right? Like mm-hmm. Lana's dad. And he's an old hippie and he smokes medical marijuana. And he is actually named and modeled after my real dad, like in real life. Like my dad lives in California and he's been a hippie his whole life. He's a Vietnam vet and he just smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> Nice. So, I mean, I called it a millennial cozy. Is that wrong? Like, do you like that title or not? Because I saw it. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I mean, I I think there's people in the paranormal women's fiction, paranormal cozy mystery women's fiction Mm -hmm. space that are doing some kind of innovative and grittier things. Yeah. I I think that, like, we'll see eventually kind of a more of a mashup between cozies and maybe incorporating a little more. I don't want to say full on sex scenes, but mm-hmm. I, I think that we might incorporate more adult stuff in them. Maybe. Yeah. I've read some cozies lately, the millennial cozies that are doing very well and they have sex yeah. and that's just always been like, Oh, you can't do that. And I'm like, who said that? Like the person who said that, are they even alive still? Like this is such old like rules. <laughs> yeah. And I also feel, you know, I was with a group of cozy authors last year and we were all talking about like, the rules of cozy mm-hmm. and a lot of them we realized that a lot of the people who were really selling well um bent the rules in so many ways mm-hmm. it's like nobody is really playing by the rules the people who are selling well don't necessarily play by the rules or they're not adhering right. to the rules strictly yeah and you know everybody always says oh you can't have the word crap or swearing in a cozy and i get that and i don't generally i have crap mm-hmm. but if you look at a lot of trad cozies, there's a lot of fairly foul language. I mean, you know, a lot, but it's mm-hmm. sprinkled in there. Like if you read Cleo Coyle's cozies, mm, those have, yeah. you know, those have a little bit of spiciness in them. Mm-hmm. And they're also set in New York City, which is not normal for having yeah. it in a small, tiny, nowhere town. <laughs> I love that series. I think it's such yeah. a great series. So, but let's go back to your book. So as a millennial cozy, I think that helps it stand out and that it's a little more grittier and real. Anything else that you would say to cozy readers, like here's something else that kind of like helps this book stand out from other cozies? Um, I think that maybe some of the language, I think some of, I, I think some of the language might be more modern. Some of the things mm-hmm. they say and some of the, um, the phrases they use might be a little more modern. I think you can have like more modern language without having like raunchiness or swear words. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody who does this well, it's not a cozy, but when you think of Kristen Higgins and her books, her books are pretty sweet, but they're not mm-hmm. twee. They're not like saccharine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I love that. Like that's what I'm kind of aiming for in my books. 
Nice. And so Lana, our main character, I'm guessing she's like a mini Tara, right? Kind of. I, she had a very different journalism career than I did. Mm -hmm. So, Well, what parts of her personality do you say like most draw upon like just you as a person? She's a little grumpy. Not a little grumpy. Okay. And her sidekick is her dad. Is that your sidekick in real life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm an only child, so I'm really close to my dad. So yeah. I'm an only child too. (laughs) It's very nice. The whole world just revolves around you, right? Exactly. (laughs) So um, just to wrap it up, so your romance, your romance, the heat level inside of those, are those, do you have open door like level five or does it vary? Um, I wouldn't say level five. I'd say like three to four, depending on the book. The ones that are published by Wattpad Books, I would say that's like a week three, if that. Like those those are not super, super sexy. And the latest one um, about a Formula One driver, he's a total like cinnamon roll. Okay. Like he's just a big golden retriever dude. But you said you think that's your last romance. Like, what are you working on right now? Are there any romances planned for 2024? No, just cozies and mystery. That's it. Just mysteries. I I will tell you my my secret goal for this year, though. Mm -hmm. My secret goal is to write a short story and submit it to, like, Alfred Hitchcock or Ellery Ellery Queen's mystery magazine, like one of those more, like, literary magazines. Mm -hmm. I kind of have an idea for that. It's not cozy at all, but it's crime related. It's more, it's nice. way gritty actually. So yeah. So I'm not saying no to other mystery genres. Okay. Well, are you saying no to, cause it makes it very odd. Like you're a reporter and you've like talked to all these murderers and everything else. So it seems very natural to write mysteries, but did you ever think about sci-fi or fantasy or historical or anything like that? No, I, I'm shocked that I even wrote a paranormal series um, okay. because I'm super rooted in the real world. I don't, I, I mean, I'm, I've read, some, I actually loved Legends and Lattes, loved it, mm-hmm. loved it. I can't imagine, I don't still really know what an orc is, I don't think. But, I don't think um, any of us do. <laughs> um, but I really liked it a lot. I, I'm just not super into fantasy and science fiction, like it just doesn't resonate. And like historical fiction, I like some historical cozies, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I just read Deanna Rayborn's uh, A Curious Beginning, and I really enjoyed that a lot. I love that series. Oh, my God. When I read that, though, I thought she was, like, 13. So then all of a sudden when there was a sex scene, I was like, whoa, oh, what's happening? Oh, 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 yeah. No, I liked that series a lot. Um, historical romance, I'm not super into because, like, I imagine that everybody kind of smells, and I'm like, no, I can't get my hand <laughs> on that. Like, I'm very literal. I'm very literal. Right. They, if they had written some deodorant or toothpaste into the scene, you'd be down. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you read? We didn't ask that. Um, yeah. Mostly, now I'm reading mostly mysteries. I really actually, for pleasure, I really love domestic, um, domestic thrillers. Like, I love really dark and twisty domestic thrillers, like where pe- everybody is terrible. I love those books. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. And are you a paperback hardcover ebook audiobook what's your format all of them i i have audio um i have audio for when i walk and it just depends it just depends it depends it depends if i see something i like i'm kind of a mood reader i'm really trying to be more intentional with my reading this year um Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to read more 
print books. So I save my eyes from the screen. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, I've started reading paperbacks right before going to bed instead of like my Kindle. Mm -hmm. And even though it's the Kindle with the paperweight, it does help me to sleep better. I don't know, even though it's it the does. paper, I don't know if it just doesn't do, it must be like too much light still or something. So yeah, yeah. So let's just recap because you have a lot of books coming out and you're a full-time author. What are the writing plans for 2024 and what's coming out for readers? Uh, so Gator Queen is next. Today actually is the day for A Bean to Die For. So this is release day. Um, and then Gator Queen comes out in March. Okay. And I'm writing Gator 2 right now. And then uh, the third book in the Paracosi series comes out in June. Okay. Very cool. And okay. so if readers want to connect with you, where can they find you online? Uh, taralush.com. T-A-R-A-L-U-S-H.com. I'm also um, at the period book period lush on Instagram. Okay. Facebook. TikTok, either any yeah, of those? I'm on TikTok to uh, author Tara Lush. I have a bunch of, I've been trying to juggle um, like my real name and my pen name and try to put it all together. So yes, I'm I'm there too. It's Instagram is my main place though. Okay. Instagram cool. is my main place. And oh, we got one last question I forgot to answer. Um, Jana asks, what is your writing process like for Cozies in particular? That's a good question. Um, my writing process is that I figure out who the victim is first mm -hmm. and I figure out who killed them and why and how. And that's the very first thing I do with any book. And then I basically go back and sort of plot backwards and incorporate the sleuth. So that's, yeah. that's usually what I do. But usually I, then I just write. I don't I don't write in Scrivener. I write in Word. I just write mm -hmm. like 1,500 to 2,000 words a day usually, um, six days a week. And that's what I do. Very nice. So is this, is it Sunday that's your day off or it doesn't matter? Just one of the days? Sunday's, okay. Sunday's my day. All right. Great. All right. So you guys are so lucky because Tara has nicely offered to give not only a copy of her book, but a signed copy to one lucky person. So if you're here, make sure to say hi in the chat. So I'm going to do, we'll ask Google. Uh, let's see. There's like 12 comments. Hey, Google, give me a random number between one and 12. Ten. Ten. Okay, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Tasha is comment number ten. She's giving a heart Hi. to somebody else. So Tasha, you won the free book. So make sure I have your contact info. So just send me an email. You know where to email me with your mailing address, and I'll get that over to Tara for you. Yay! So. Congratulations. Hi. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on my first ever podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, so we will see you hopefully maybe in a future one because you have so many books coming out. That would be great. I would love to. And maybe we can hop on an Instagram live on my channel too. That would be fun. We can totally do that. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for showing up and I'll see everyone next Tuesday for another live stream. <laughs> Bye everyone. Thank you.